Okay, so we're live. Welcome back to the Magic Minds podcast, intro number two in the studio. Thanks so much for all the feedback regarding McKen Doyle interview. He's an absolute legend. Uh, I really believe, you know, he's an iconic figure in Irish music. You know, the Jerry Ryan's, uh, uh, 2FM, uh, Hugh2, Bagatelle, go down with it, all those greats, you know. It was fantastic to meet him. You know, you would think somebody like him, you know, rock star, but what an absolute legend of a man. Fantastic, as I said in the interview. I don't know if I did say it. I missed the first 20 minutes because the camera didn't record. The audio record, but the camera didn't. But we had to roll again, and he didn't even fucking bat an eyelid. So it was deadly. So I'm delighted that people really liked the interview. Again, it was soaked and immersed in. If you love what you do, it's not a job. And you can that can be anything, the job I do today. My dad is a painter and decorator. He fucking loves it, eats, sleeps and breathes painting. And that's the same as for, uh, with Ken. If he got no money, I think he'd be doing it uh, for the rest of his life. And that was fantastic. Right, so today's interview is with Dennis Ryan. So Dennis Ryan is a, a biodynamic psychotherapist. Uh, fantastic interview, absolutely loved it. He's got a diverse background, bit of trauma himself that he talks in. I didn't get too deep into it. You know, it's not about the fall, it's about the landing. And I love the work he's done. He's gone right through the whole evolution of psychotherapy, shamanic uh, work he's done. We talk about plant-based medicine, something that I'm really interested in, whether that be mushrooms or uh, ayahuasca plant, you know. But there's a lot of learning in it. You know, I've, I've talked to people recently, oh yeah, I want to do ayahuasca. But I'd be like, have you done the journey? Have you gone through psychotherapy? Do you mind yourself to eat sleep drink eat all the getting all the ducks in a row before you, you jump in the likes of ayahuasca go to your therapy how spiritual are you and that's not like trying to be highbrow about it that's just that is the evolution of your journey you, you can't just jump into plant-based medicine not that you can't i wouldn't recommend it. it's not something i would do i'd learn about myself understand what I need to do for myself before you go to that. And we covered that in, and he's got an absolute lovely approach. He's very uh, mild-mannered, lovely tone about him. There's a genuineness and a warmth in his, his talk. Uh, and I absolutely loved it. I could really connect with him. I, after the interview, I did go on. I'd done a, a workshop with him, an inter an integrative plant-based medicine. There was kind of some visual uh, meditation. We've done some artwork, Mandela drawn. It was fucking incredible. I'm due to go to another another workshop with him. It's on the embodied mindfulness and I'm really looking forward to it. It was only a small little group in the in the workshop and it was lovely. It was a great setting. It was a mix between men and women, and which is great to see. It wasn't all just predominantly men or women. So it was lovely. It was a great diversity within the group and uh, with experience of people there. In the last one, we're talking about hugging trees and talking to the trees. I was like, this is fucking bananas. No judging, I just thought it was nuts. But I absolutely loved it. And the women that were talking about hugging the trees, they were fucking sound. Uh, and I loved it. Yeah, so check out this interview. Uh, let us know what you think. Get back uh, onto us. Give us your feedback. Hopefully, we'll open your mind to, to different types of therapy, you know, whether it be psychology, psychotherapy, uh, spirituality. And th- and that's what this uh, podcast is all about. It's, it's about you asking yourself different questions, difficult questions, aha moments. I didn't know I didn't know that. These are all things I've took from other podcasts that I listen to, whether it be Oprah, Brene Brown, and all these. I'm trying to kind of mix and mash and bring it all uh, in together. So there's a diversity of learning for me and for for you, you know. So that is the crack with this interview, as always. 
I'll thank Noel Rowley from Rooney Media Graphics, uh, Lisa and Sandra from Shannon's Hopeline, Mental Health Warriors. Yeah, so I think that's all we, we have to thank. Oh, keep checking us out on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. I put up uh, daily vlogs and videos, vlogs. I cringe every time I say that about myself. I put up videos, I give my insights, my learnings from the, the, the podcast, the interviews, and just kind of give back. The interviews are every two weeks, and I thought maybe the vlogs in between will keep people's interest, keep uh, keep our, our our name out there that they'll know what we're doing. You know, we, we uh, and it's another form of, I suppose, giving back. You know, I love learning. I love going through my own therapy. I love my own reading. And then I like to share it with people. So hopefully people are getting a benefit from that. So yeah, check us out on Instagram and all the other social media platforms. Uh, as always, I will absolutely beg you, give us a review on iTunes, give us any kind of review, whether that's be texting me probably on uh, DMs on Insta or Facebook. I love them and it really helps us with the podcast, you know, uh, really, for me, it, it really spurs me on. It makes me more creative when I hear that people are really engaging or applying it to their own life. So there you go. That's enough waffle out of me for today. So uh, have a fantastic day. And as always, mind your little self and enjoy this interview. You deserve it. Have a great day. Okay, so we're live. Welcome back to the Magic Minds podcast. I'm Matt Bourke. On the show today, I'm joined by Dennis Ryan. Dennis, what is the crack? How are you getting on, Matt? All good, all good. I'm absolutely delighted to have Dennis on the podcast today. Dennis is a psychotherapist, but he's no ordinary psychotherapist. He's a biodynamic integrative therapist. Biodynamic integrative that's the one that's the one is that correct that's it yeah yeah that's a, that's a belter that's the hardest one i possibly have ever had to say <laughs> so come here uh how has your day been how is life how have we treating you good good life is good yeah busy these days um but but generally good can't complain mm. uh, what is a biodynamic therapist a psychotherapist uh so biodynamic psychotherapy is i guess it's a so there's about there's about 150 different types of psychotherapy um, and biodynamic psychotherapy would be part of a branch of therapy called body psychotherapy. So the focus would be very much on the on the body and what's happening in the body. And with biodynamic, the the principle we'd work on is the idea of wholeness that like, I guess the best way to describe it would be, um, say, when you're when you're born, like it's like a river flowing directly straight and then through experiences and and events in life, then that kind of river reaches different obstacles and blockages and becomes this really meandering thing, um, which like loses a lot of its force and energy. And then with biodynamic psychotherapy, we're kind of looking at the obstacles and looking at the blockages um, within the body and kind of removing them to bring more and more energy into the body. So to bring the body back to wholeness and wellness, really. So, yeah. It's quite, it's quite complex, isn't it? Yeah, I guess like um, we'd work kind of, I guess, traditionally like talk therapy, but then we'd use different things. We'd use massage elements as well or um, different elements to bring to bring the person fully into their body um, because like the mind can go on and on and on and we can constantly create stories and go over the past and everything. But the body really stores memory. Um, so if we work at that moment and that time and place with the body, then then we can really... Uh, result in healing i guess yeah gotcha. mm. do you find it difficult to get people to buy into that piece as in it's mind body and soul you know where mm. people might think just come for you know the, the 
to the conceptual is it's deep ingrained into the muscle it's deep ingrained mm. into that muscle memory mm-hmm. is it hard to get people to buy into that um i think it's getting more and more popular okay. like body psychotherapy is really gaining in popularity at the moment uh things like somatic experiencing and things are getting yeah they're really people want that kind of experience i think people would have spent years in therapy just talking and talking and talking and then it's like oh actually i can experience something or or go into feelings and like and then that really unlocks things so so it's really important i think um so yeah so i think it's i think we're getting there yeah yeah mindfulness wellness meditation mm. it's all coming it's all becoming part of people's vocabulary now isn't mm. it really? definitely definitely and you mentioned soul there as well like mind body and soul and i think with that respect i think people are looking for spirituality at the moment i think like ireland has changed so much in terms of spirituality um i think a lot of people maybe don't expect to find the soul element in, in psychotherapy but it's a huge part of it you know so I guess part of like the biodynamic psychotherapy is that it's humanistic as well. So we really hold the person with a perspective of, of wellness and wholeness, which which I would translate as that kind of soul place of full well-being. So um, so it's a really important part of the work, I think, as well. It's interesting yeah. that you say that, Dennis, that uh, Ireland's becoming a bit more spiritual, but where we're closing down mm. our thoughts on the, the Catholic Church, you mm. know, people would be, is it going to bind me to spirituality church? It's nice to see that people are participating in spirituality, although it mm. might be in the mindfulness or wrapped up in yoga. It's still we're moving back towards mm. spirituality, yeah. although it's not driven by Catholicism. Yeah, yeah, it's not religion anymore. It's it's no. it's pure raw spirituality, and I guess we're kind of moving away from a place where we're told what is God and what's good and bad and stuff, and we're we're being empowered to find that ourselves you know, and find our own connection with the divine in, in different places. And, and it's incredible, you know, for the people who are going on that path, it's really wonderful. But there's always that void that's created of people being like, oh, well, if it's not the church, then what? And and I think that's it's it's that invitation to to a journey of self-exploration, which a lot of people are 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 answering at the moment. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And it, it's nice, you know, and with the spirituality movement in Ireland, and all that, people seem to have of it it's not driven by the Catholic Church or not no not dogging the Catholic Church absolutely mm. not I'm just saying the, it seems to be more what way would I say this they have control of it they have all this mm. on it they can decide whether they want to go to yoga class or meditation class they mm. want to practice Buddhism or whatever kind of their spirituality journey is they can mm. decide it's not like yeah. you have the tyranny of should it's not the tyranny of should mm. what do you think of that yeah definitely yeah, it's an empowered stance of spirituality. It's I'm like choosing to go to yoga. I'm choosing definitely. to decide what my spiritual practice looks like. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I'm just saying that that's because that's me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm crazy about spirituality at the moment. Yeah. What, what was your route into this whole field of psychotherapy? Mm. What brought you <laughs> How long is the podcast, Matt? Give us the shorter. Yeah, I guess... Um, um, my my mom is a holistic therapist so it probably started there i guess so i kind of grew up with with uh healing and spirituality kind of very present in the house like um and then i so i guess when i was like 18 19 really got into meditation really got into energy healing reiki all that kind of stuff 
um, and like really began a kind of spiritual quest, I guess. Um, and that brought me to many different places uh, around the world, uh, including Peru, where I did a lot of work with ayahuasca and different plant medicine. Um, and then came back to Ireland and then ended up studying shamanism. And I think I had spent about like maybe eight years exploring energy healing and exploring shamanism, all this. And then what I realized was that I was really comfortable in in what we'd call like the transpersonal places, that really spiritual place of like love and light and the angelic realms and all that. And and I wasn't really connected, you know. Um, so and I began working uh, as a shamanic practitioner with clients, but there was just something really missing. Um, and it was me, you know, it was me and my connection with, with myself and my my body, I guess. So I made a decision to go back and study specifically body psychotherapy to to ground myself fully in what I had learnt um, and to be able to kind of meet people then on on a body level, on a mind level and on a on a spiritual level as well. Yeah, that's the very short version of it. Yeah. Herbert Yalom has a beautiful quote that says, only the truly affected can have effect. That really resonates with me because I've had a difficult past, you know, trauma, blah, blah. I read somewhere on your website that you had difficulties in the past. Yeah, I can go. I probably won't go fully into it. No, um, just to kind of get a, a perspective, I don't believe in the. I'm not interested in the fall. I'm quite interested in the yeah, the fall. I'm more more mm. interested in the landing. Yeah. So kind of just to set the scene, maybe. Yeah, um, I guess probably late teens. Probably would have had like a difficult teenage yeah. life. I know I would have been bullied quite a lot. Um, okay. Felt like an outsider quite a lot, um, and then that just kind of really escalated I think um I'm I'm always hesitant to use the word depressed um but but there was just a, a really deep deep unhappiness within me like um and I think when I explored it later it was like it was this sense of being completely unlovable that was that was it it was just like mm. Yeah. And mine was deep rooted mm. into me, ingrained in me, and it's still there. I've done yeah. a lot of work with it. I've done a lot of mm. work on it. I'm in a great place. Yeah. But I can really resonate with that. Yeah. Yeah, it, it sounds really, really similar. So, the phase of depression would come and go, but there was always this constant weight of like, um, of deep, deep sadness, really. Like, um, and I think part of my journey was, or the initial stage of my journey was to get away from those feelings as much as possible. So, I would have used alcohol a lot I would have used drugs a lot just uh, anything just yeah, not yeah, to feel like time, yeah yeah, yeah. definitely definitely like and and to be seen as that in the world and then behind closed doors was just this kind of this heaviness that I couldn't escape from so yeah 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 Definitely. Yep. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for sharing that. Mm. I really appreciate that mm. you're sharing your vulnerability. Mm. Tell me about the 
Shamanic. Shamanic. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I I went traveling with my brother to South America, and he had been he was researching ayahuasca a lot, and he wanted to go to Peru to do work with this uh, plant medicine called ayahuasca, um, which uh, just a little bit about that is so in indig- in indigenous communities they call it the soul uh, or the vine of the dead. Um, so the idea is that this medicine, as it were, allows the soul to kind of leave the body and go into deep healing states. Um, so we ended up in Peru and uh, my brother ended up having to come back to Ireland and I ended up staying in Peru and doing loads of work with this with this medicine. So kind of fed into it without... Um, kind of serendipity. Completely, yeah, yeah. So I hadn't really planned to do it, but but ended up doing a lot a lot of work then with it, like... So I ended up living in Peru for about seven months and doing a lot of work with ayahuasca and another plant medicine called San Pedro. Oh, yeah, I've heard mm. about going to job. He has done that. Mm. He's done ayahuasca, he's done ayahuasca retreats in Ireland. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, what, what was that like with San Pedro? San Pedro. So San Pedro was different. So ayahuasca would be, uh, it's quite a feminine energy. Mm. San Pedro is quite a male energy. So while I would, yeah, I definitely would have had more resonance with ayahuasca. Yeah, San Pedro, they're very, very different so um so yeah so predominantly predominantly work with ayahuasca yeah so what is the what is the what what involved the drumming the shamanic can you talk a little bit about mm. that what's the, the role of the shaman so with with in terms of plant medicine now or in yeah. general no actually let's let's go back a bit let's mm. go to the ayahuasca let's yeah. talk about that mm-hmm. uh, what is it what's involved you know what, what mm. what's the what's the, the mm. procedure yeah so ayahuasca is um it's a combination of 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 two main plants it's the ayahuasca vine and then this this plant called shakruna so it's the leaf from the shakruna um and when these are kind of combined then they offer offer this experience this um it's dmt yeah shakruna Yeah, so I think I'm. I'm not. I'm trying to think of the the actual science behind it. Yeah. I think it like it stops the body from rejecting it, so it allows it to be activated. So there's DMTs in in our in our bodies. So yeah. like near death experiences, the light you know that people see when they have, um, if they die and then come back, they that that light. Um, that's DMT being activated in the body. Deep meditation can activate the DMT in the body. Orgasm can activate DMT in the body. Childbirth as well, extreme pain. Um, so it's so it's it's a chemical that, that that's within us, you know. So so ayahuasca, I guess, is a, a way of orally ingesting DMT. Really, um, it's fascinating though because when you think of like there's probably like fifteen, twenty thousand plant species in the Amazon, but they somehow realize that if you put these two things together it will give you this experience which is incredible um but for the kind of native indigenous people or the native indigenous shamans there they would just say well the plants told us you know because that's their level of of communication 
of consciousness, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Through this consciousness that we're all connected together, but mm-hmm. you know, you want to set your intention, tell the universe what you want. Mm. You know, you say you want to talk to another plant, one plant wants to talk to another plant. I know it's a bit far out there, probably. But Not at all. It resonates with me. Yeah. Definitely. And it's been proven now with like quantum physics and stuff. All of these things that were considered a little bit mad and out there are, are kind of being scientifically proven now, which is amazing. Mm. You know, science is catching up to consciousness almost, which is, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Mm. so then generally the the kind of traditional setup um with peruvian shamanism would be um to to have a ceremony in a kind of dark space so the the shaman would be there and they'd sing healing songs called ikaros um and then they would give people like uh each a little glass or a small glass of ayahuasca which tastes disgusting by the way um yeah yeah uh and then you'd have like your mattress and your bucket. Um, and then they, um, yeah, so then they sing. So the, the Ikaros are there to kind of lead the journey and lead the experience. And people experience very different things. So like I said, purging, a lot of vomiting sometimes. Um, it's really hard to tell. It kind of enters this timeless space, I guess. So it's really hard to know how long the the journey is going for. Generally, like, Generally, it would be four to six hours. And would you be but conscious of getting sick? Would you? Would it be like that sickness? Like, you, like you have to have the, the, the it's and... no, it's really different. Yeah, right. um, and it can be really different. Sometimes it depends. Sometimes it could be a quick purge. Sometimes there's no purge. Sometimes it's like really consciously you you're, I guess you're really aware of something coming up and you know exactly what you're purging. Sometimes you're purging for, for something that you're you're not aware of. So, um, so it's it's really different. It puts a lot of people off it because people think, oh, I hate vomiting in front of yeah, people and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But then when you're in there and in the space, those kind of inhibitions just kind of kind of go a little bit. Yeah. Um, it's interesting with ayahuasca because a lot of people would say, oh, sure, that's just a drug or something. And um, and only about 20 percent of people actually have um, visual hallucinations with ayahuasca. Really? Uh, yeah, only a small amount. A small amount. So it's something that's a little bit controversial around ayahuasca is that some uh, unethical shamans I guess in Peru who wouldn't be doing it traditionally who do it for kind of shamanic tourism I guess would add different herbs into the brew to guarantee that people will have different hallucinatory experiences wow, uh, that was the main attraction to it like, like, yeah. all the stuff I read the videos I mm. watched you know the, the spirit mo- mo- molecule mm, yeah you know like that was just it was mm. that vision yeah so they're not that common really like yeah so it's so then it can be like a full body experience or just general awareness or consciousness or connection or or really different things it really varies for everybody um so it's not a kind of set everybody will have the same experience it's really kind of what will come up it's interesting what i was because i've seen people drink like maybe four glasses of ayahuasca and nothing happens and i've seen people drink like half a teaspoon of ayahuasca and they have a huge cathartic full-blown experience yeah so it's, it really is a medicine and the medicine has a consciousness it's not like if you take a, a tab of acid or a pill and it's like whether you're ready or not that's it you're kind of gone like ayahuasca kind of knows 
where you're at and what you can handle and it's it's I think it was only when I really witnessed that I was like ah so this is medicine you know it's wow. like yeah could you share us some of your experience when you first tried it what, what did you see what happened to um, you so it was oof intense yeah very intense it was beautiful actually the first time I drank was was really powerful um, that it felt so incredibly familiar that was the thing um, and it almost felt like a welcome home. That was the predominant thing of like, ah, you know, welcome home. And and I I was surrounded by these beings being like, right, Dennis, like, let's let's get back to work. Almost it was that feeling. Um, so it was, yeah, really, really powerful. Like um, and then and then got progressively more uh, challenging, I guess. Like, it's interesting because ayahuasca really it's almost like a pipe cleaner, like and uh, she has a little time for the ego or it kind of flushes out the ego a bit so I remember going to my second ceremony being like ah oh, no like I got this like you know no problem and then I was I was <laughs> yeah no problem like and I was floored like absolutely floored and my ego was completely crushed like so it was really it was really interesting like learning the how to work with the medicine and my intentions around the medicine you know being like was I there to have a trip and, a, and an experience or was I there to to heal you know and the resistance to healing and all that came up and um yeah it was i ended up going back to Peru twice so i probably had about 30 30 or so ceremonies with ayahuasca so and so they're all very very different and they kind of changed in phases and intensity as well so fantastic mm. had you done I thought I had Matt, like yeah. which which was like the wonderful, even worse than the ego is the spiritual ego, like being like, no, no, I got this, like I'm I'm super spiritual and I do Reiki and stuff, but That's like, you know, it's it's almost it's a more damaging trap, like, but like I said, I wasn't connected to my body, so I was really comfortable with those transpersonal realms and all that and that that out there stuff. I was like, I knew that, but but I couldn't ground it or I couldn't actually take take the insights that I was receiving. So say like that first time I came back from Peru, I was I was completely disconnected. You know, <clears throat> it was really, really um, it was really tough to reconnect with reality, I guess, because because um, I allowed myself to fully, fully go out there, I guess, um, which is why I kind of went to study traditional shamanism then in Ireland, just to ground that experience, just to kind of get a map of like what actually happened there. Um because a lot of the time the experiences are so intense that it's really, really hard for the mind to process, never mind the body to process. Um, and I guess that's what kind of brought me on a journey towards psychotherapy was the desire to do integration work with people, you know, because the insights and the, the value of this medicine is huge. But then it's it's pointless if we can't take the lessons and integrate them into our lives and make positive changes. Um, otherwise it just ends up in this like oh wow i had this amazing experience or this really difficult experience but but we need to connect it we need to bridge it somehow um so yeah mm. that's a fascinating point and uh yeah i had a, had a point there we're gonna go back and i lost it probably back to what we were saying earlier people might not buy into the whole plant-based medicine but then mm. if you're back to the humanistic side and you're looking at the person's whole 
Mm. The psychotherapy then mm. kind of does that, mm. and then you can bring them along if they're ready to go on the other journey. Would that be kind of mm. correct? So I don't fully understand. So the fact that you you done the shaman, mm. become a shaman, and mm. the spirituality. Not everybody that's looking for therapy will buy into that side mm. of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just another tool, and I wouldn't use it with all my clients, you know. So some clients will be very clear psychotherapy, some clients will be a kind of mix. Um, so it's not, um, it's never kind of like, okay, we'll start with psychotherapy and then we'll end up with kind of shamanic stuff. It's like, it's whatever whatever the person needs, really, I guess. But it's it's another, yeah, it's another tool there that if they need some assistance around that, then... And that tool is there Brilliant. yeah what mm. is the role of a shaman in the whole ceremony what does he do what's the mm. what's, does he knit it all together does he keep mm. people safe what, what, what do they do um a little bit of both like the the shaman is there to lead the ceremony so one to kind of protect the space keep the space safe um so i guess on a consciousness level the space gets energetically quite open so um so in terms of different energies or entities that that space needs to be protected from from them um and then the shaman there is to to lead the journey really to kind of tune in energetically with people um within the ceremony and using the ikaros or the the intention of the songs to lead them you know down or up or um would it be a collective would it be a collectiveness with the group or would be people from individuals or you just what way does that work it would be different um you can kind of get a sense of I end up doing some work with with a shaman over there and kind of co-facilitating a few ceremonies and it was quite interesting to get a sense of you can you can really sense the room like the energy of the room in general and then and then see the kind of ebb and flow of energies within that room so um so yeah it's all kind of happening at once but um yeah, so it, it it is the collective of the room, but also people are having their individual experiences. But some people are quite content, or they're in a place that's okay. And then some sometimes the energy then will come up to, and somebody else will go through something quite cathartic. So they will need some support. And mm, yeah, could we talk about maybe what are the benefits of of, of it? Maybe mm. the benefits, uh, maybe the side effects, safety. Could we cover a couple of those that mm. people might be interested? Yeah. It's interesting, yeah, um, chatting to uh, indigenous people in the Amazon, they all think we're mad going over to Peru doing ayahuasca, like, because um, they see it very much as if you're really ill, then you go to the shaman and work with ayahuasca. So they don't understand why there's floods of Westerners, because it's so popular over there going to drink this stuff. I was going to go last year, mm. I was going to Peru, and then they just dragged me back to Thailand, maybe mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the benefits of it then, I think in terms of traditionally how it would be used is, is, uh, would be illness or soul loss is really, so if, if people are depressed over there, then that's what they'd, they'd see it as a soul issue and as opposed to a medical issue. Um, so they'd use the, the medicine then to kind of support with that. 
Um, so it's like, I guess, say in Native American tradition, it's like depression. The first question the shaman would ask somebody who was depressed is when did you stop singing and when did you stop dancing? And that's how they work with people. Wow. You know, so when did you disconnect with that innate joy? Um, so they have a very different approach to it. Um, so so in terms of benefits, that's one reason why people would use it. Um, and then I guess what we have is like is is society the western society in general which is i guess compared to other societies that live in harmony with nature and stuff we we live in a little bit of a sick society like so so we're carrying a lot of that like the stresses of the western world are are really really heavy um so any kind of work with plant medicine can open up different awareness about different aspects of ourselves or our conditioning um and yeah they can it can cause huge huge transformation if if used correctly like right. yeah um in terms of safety i guess because it's become really really popular um there's loads of there's loads of unsafe ways of using ayahuasca and loads of people offering ayahuasca in unsafe unheld situations so i'd really flag that you know if you're going to do it then then make sure you know who you're doing it with um, and and do it in the right place with the right person that's really, really held. Um, I've heard horror stories of people in London just doing it casually, you know, as a kind of, you know, bit of bit of crack on a Saturday night, you know, wow. so which is devastating, you know. Definitely. Definitely not. Yeah. Not my day. No, because it is it's a sacred plant and it's and it's a sacred medicine and it needs to be kind of um taken respectfully um i think if people are looking to go on a trip and all that then uh there's other ways of of exploring the unconscious without ayahuasca you know it's not again it's not a drug so you know um just the purging really yeah Yeah. the purging and i guess it's a huge catalyst matt so that's one thing that a lot of people don't know what they're getting into i didn't know fully what i was getting into and even though i had done like a a solid bit of work i i thought but actually i hadn't you know so it's a real it's a catalyst for experience so it, it it pretty much brings up your stuff and it goes there's your stuff you know and doesn't necessarily show you how to deal with it how does it do that So some so the visuals I'm talking about are the kind of traditional so there's like really traditional they're considered like the ayahuasca visuals of like really bright colours and kind of like like trippy, we'd consider them quite trippy. Um so they're the ones that only twenty percent of experience. The other part is general journeying, which would be a kind of shamanic thing anyway. So that would be the imagination. Um so we could it could play like uh like I've had journeys where like it's like a film being played in front of me. So I'm having you know yeah. 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 
No, it's on my list. Yeah, I'm going to have to get the details off you for to do that. <laughs> nice. Yeah. But yeah, so there is a visual, but it's not the psychedelic colors that people yeah. think. Mm. And like that with ayahuasca, Matt, like if anyone's thinking of doing it, I'd be like, explore other things like, like that, for example, okay. sensory deprivation, to, to get a sense of what it's like to go into nonlinear reality, I guess. So yeah. Yeah, I definitely think it's a step by step. Like if I was, it's weird because like it really felt like serendipity that I went when I did and did the work I did. But it's like, oh, if I had, if I was back there now, I don't know if I would have taken that leap. You know, there was really clear things in my life that I wasn't addressing. So it actually, it took me years to really, um, to really digest the experience and the teachings from ayahuasca because there was just really core things I wasn't willing to look at, you know. So I remember, like, say, that one of the first sessions, ayahuasca made it very clear I shouldn't be drinking. It was like, give up alcohol, you know, like really point blank, very clear message. Um, and that's something that I still haven't fully done, you know. So it's like, okay, right. So then what's the point of continuing and going into these realms and these experiences if I can't actually... Um, integrate the experience you know and actually live out the teachings so and again I think this is about like mind body spirit being aligned like my mind and my I guess my soul was like on this like I just want to do and learn and explore and and have these experiences but my body was really struggling you know and my body was really trapped in pain and and sadness and you know still drinking to numb that while my mind was you know having these really phenomenal you know transpersonal experiences but they were so out of sync you know so so it's like okay how can all of those if if all of them like if i fully brought my body with me to these experiences then wow that would be way more powerful and way more beneficial for me you know okay. mm. are you there now with it like do you think are you caught on as i'm listening to you how my body and soul am i aligned as much as i might think mm. i ask myself that question i was just doing that there mm. thought process of like maybe i'm not mm. Sometimes, mm. definitely yeah. yeah yeah and it's a tough one to to know i guess it's about checking in it's about space i'm reading this really great book at the moment called the mind illuminated it's like this um it's like a step-by-step -step guide for it's like neuroscience plus mindfulness in one it's amazing i'd really who's, who's, who's the, who's the um i can't remember his name he is I think I think he's a Buddhist monk, I think, but he's talking about like the ten stages of mindfulness, for example, and how it goes into things like insight and teachings and learning, like all these really powerful things that we can experience through meditation practice. But the very first step is daily practice. It's sitting down every day for daily practice. Um and and the to if you fail on step one, then he says you need to go back to intention and motivation. 
and that's it and it's so beautiful because it's like we need to like because the insights and the healing and all that are really tempting and it's like oh just bring me to the good stuff you know but actually discipline and consistency. consistency it's like okay well if i can master those core things then even if I get to insight and healing, then it's not going to be fully grounded because it needs to be grounded fully in the here and now. It's a simplistic process. What diet works? Consistency. What gym mm. program works? Consistency. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're not going to do anything you don't turn up. Definitely. It's, it's, uh, I have never been so uh, consistent with my practice since I started mm. a meditation group on Facebook. I do mm. this uh, live meditation. Brilliant. I do it in service of myself, so I will be accountable. I can't wow. say that I do something if I don't do it. Mm. definitely definitely so they're the core things that i think keep mind body and spirit in line you know mm-hmm. so if if i'm not sitting down and doing my daily practice then is is my mind too busy or am i too stressed and if i'm if i can't make you know 15 minutes space for myself in a day then you know that's something that i need to look at so then that needs to get all my attention brilliant yeah um, so true where are we as in ireland with the, the legality of ayahuasca and, mm. you know what can people avail of it what's the what's the yeah so i guess i'm not involved in that side of the things here matt i know there are ceremonies happening in ireland i don't know the can people go to peru or go to brazil or what do you think what's your, um, what's your knowledge on my gut is always go to where the plant is you know I would have done a lot of ayahuasca in the Andes up in the mountains in Peru um, and then I went to the jungle to do it and in the jungle like the home of the plant you can feel it you know the energy is there so so it was a totally different experience um, so I'd really I'd recommend if people have the means and you know if they can do it then then definitely go there yeah, yeah. So it was definitely on my to-do list last year but mm. just something dragged me back towards Thailand and mm. I got to Mexico so I got to hang out with some monks and mm. Embodied mindfulness. Yeah. So the plant-based uh, medicine workshop is is pretty much for people who've done work with any any plant medicine, be it ayahuasca or San Pedro or or even mushrooms, and want to kind of integrate that experience a little bit more. So I guess it's based on on my on what brought me into psychotherapy in the first place was to work to help bridge these experiences a little yeah. bit more. And a lot of people go by themselves, Matt, and then they come back and there's no friends or family or they don't have friends who are into spirituality or into healing. And then they're kind of left with these really profound experiences and there's no place to put them or um, or discuss them. So part of it, I guess, is to create a space like that where people can go and and meet other people who've had similar experiences. And then part of it is to use um, just, uh, I guess, guided visualization and different techniques like mandala drawing art therapy to help integrate and ground experiences so really to kind of use shamanic journeying to go back reconnect with an experience and then bring it into the here and now and and bring it 
into uh, I guess a future action plan so so how can you really embody this experience and use it so that it's not just kind of left into left in out in space and in the mind you know to really bring it into the body and then the embodied mindfulness one is looking at different biodynamic principles um so i i really i love mindfulness a lot um but i also think there's huge trips in mindfulness like it can be really used to to just kind of switch off from what's happening in our body and to be like i'm just going to quiet my mind now but actually the mind and the body are going ah you know they're full of rage or full of anger so so it's about kind of okay well how can we really mindful of what's happening in our body and give that space because it's really really important so so it's really yeah it's a it's an experimental workshop i guess looking at different charge in our body so how we how we relate to energy in our body how we cut off our energy how do we switch on our energy um, and then when we put that with somebody else then what happens you know so if i'm face if i by myself and i feel great and then suddenly i'm face to face with somebody suddenly i'm like oh no i'm not so great now now i'm a little maybe suspicious or distrustful what or is what, is, mm. what is the core of that what's what's mm. going on there so that i guess with with biodynamic psychotherapy we look at the vertical and horizontal axis so the vertical axis is like how I am with myself and my feelings and how easy my feelings flow. So I feel sad, I express sadness, I feel anger, I express anger. Um, that would be the ideal. And then the, the horizontal is the connection with the other. So I might have a great relationship with myself and I have no problem expressing my emotions when I'm alone, but suddenly I'm with somebody else and then I go into complete shutdown. Um, so this is all down to like, I guess, without going too psychotherapic with it is, is, parent relationships relationship issues attachment issues all of this so uh, Gabor Mate mm, oh I love him love him yeah I've got one of his books over mm. here uh, Scattered Minds mm. uh, about ADD and children mm. adults I reckon I'm, I'm, I'm on the verge I think mm. I have ADD I wasn't I think I was only diagnosed as a child yeah and I read that book I was like that fucking sounds like me mm. and it's like, you know, I did read a book about mm. pregnancy one because I was a child <laughs> so you know, that's funny <laughs> but I know yeah i know he's incredible incredible in the realm of hungry ghosts i read that and it's no, it's that good, it? yeah it's mind-blowing just about it's about addiction in general and about how we're all kind of addicts you know but we have somehow we separate that into good addicts bad addicts oh, you know so it's really easy to to you know judge people on the street that we see using um but then we you know we completely ignore the fact that we're workaholics and you know yeah. like so and it's I've like seen psychotherapists and psychologists and psychiatrists glued to their phones yeah like definitely yeah yeah definitely yeah and this is what he talks about he talks about like the kind of brain connections around that and the core brain patterns that make up an addict you know but i'm i'm fascinated by that division how we how we split the kind of shadow addicts into like oh, we've we've categorized them somehow whereas actually we should all be supporting each other and really you know really empathizing with people we see who are like trapped in in severe drug addiction because they actually they're we're going through similar things ourselves you know Interesting, you say they only put a video up on Facebook last night saying about some kid sat around around my area that some kid was alcoholic and he was horrible. Mm. I was like, man, you 
jumped in on the fact that I was saying to to give this kid an easy life. But what I was trying to say was try understand. Yeah. Whether it's an addict, whether mm. it's somebody done something bad, whatever. It wasn't about the the, mm. the, the person or the kid. It was just about understanding. Yeah. But yeah. Try understand what it's like for another human. Definitely. Being. Lay all the cards on the table and go, fuck. I didn't know all that happened to you. Yeah. You yeah. Know that to your mother and grab her mat and mm. talks about uh, generational pain. Yeah. Yeah. What happened to the nanny? She mm. led it on to the man. To the man Definitely. To the kid, it's not the kid. It's mm. three generations back. Yeah. What yeah. Yeah. We never know what's happening with people. Like, and there's such a lack of empathy in society. It's like we don't have time just to take a moment to be like, okay, I don't know what's happening with that person. Like, you know we react or or i think it triggers our stuff matt like you know it's just like so we don't have that moment to to empathize because we can we can barely empathize with ourselves you know so it's it's how can we introduce compassion to ourselves and then use that to to be compassionate towards others really <laughs> since I've developed a higher sense of self yeah since you're enlightened now since actually. I've become the Dalai uh-huh. yeah you're currently <laughs> levitating there from the, from the couch <laughs> Matt Karen this is not ready breakfast I had this morning that was real <laughs> <laughs> I have since I've developed a, a sense of awakeness right mm. and not much I'm still very unconscious most of the time I'm, I'm experiencing a lot of synchronicity moments you mm. know numbers similar things happen like me coming across you on Facebook mm. when I'm interested in plant based medicine. Once mm. you talk around synchronicity and there's mm. tons of them I could tell you about. What's your yeah. on it? I think it's a really I think for me it's about being in the flow. It's like ah they're they're like little reminders of being in the flow that everything is kind of where it should be and um I'm I yeah, I'm curious about the Matt because I've had huge moments of synchronicity in my in my life but then they can almost become crutches then as well. Because I remember similar like that numbers were like a really big thing. If I saw like five, five, five or eleven, eleven, it was like wow, you know they were. Yeah, so then there was like, they, but it, an attachment then develops to them. So then I'd have like a time being like, oh, I haven't seen that number in about two months. I must, I must be doing something wrong. <laughs> oh, you you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like so, the mind can then use that as a hook, like. Whereas actually, actually, we're always in the flow. Like we're always here and being and doing. So now, uh, now for me, it's like, oh, they're they're beautiful little reminders. But I don't. I think I had started seeking for them, or I needed them almost. That's you know. So I it's like. Today. Yeah, so yeah. Flipping through phone books just to see numbers, <laughs> like you know. <laughs> Watch the clock every hour. To see 12, 12, 12. Exactly. Like. Yeah. 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 So. I do see them as little signs. Uh, mm. Verdant, verdant, yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. How well is your meditation practice? Do you meditate a lot? I always thought I, I had a really good meditation practice until I read step one of having a very clear daily meditation practice. Yeah. Um, I really got into, I did Vipassana years ago, so I really enjoyed that. But then I really, I started reading a lot of Thich, Thich Nhat Hanh in Plum Village. Um, 
So I love the idea of walking meditation and active meditation. So I use that as a re- as a really good excuse not to do daily practice because I was like, I'll just meditate when I'm walking to work, and you know. Um, but now, so I'm I'm returning now to like proper kind of more disciplined sitting meditation again. So. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I haven't listened to it. No. Okay. I need to get our recommendations off yeah, now. Yeah. yeah. Look, this is the this is the spiritual. Yeah. <laughs> full of uh, cans and yolks. Now it's uh, Buddhas and uh, yeah, spirituality. Brilliant. <laughs> Mirani, Mirani actually would be ashamed of me because she used to sit in a chair like this drinking vodka. I think it's the, it's the the mind body soul connection. Um, I think a little bit uh, keeping them in balance. You know, spiritual bypassing is hugely it's a huge issue these days. And people are on a spiritual journey, but they they're using it for disconnection. You know, it's like oh, I'm just really spiritual, so I'm not going to look at my negative feelings or my pain or my sadness or my anger or or these things that we that we think are negative, but they're really not. Like they're really important feelings that are part of our body and our experience and the memory of our body. So it's keeping all of those in check, I think, is really, really important. Um, and I think, yeah, just another thing came up in terms of like linear. It's never a linear path. You know, it's never I'm going to do this and then that and then I'll be here and then I'll be there. Um, it's it's really not that simple, unfortunately. It's not, it's so if I do that, then that'll be gone. And if I do that, you know, if yeah, that, yeah. Mm. If I do this, this will be the product of that. And if I don't do this now, I'm just kind of, I accept mm. what is. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Which is kind of checking in, you know, it's like taking a moment with yourself, being like, you know, if and then are, are very mind orientated. And, mm. but actually, okay, I just got to take a second just to breathe and just to see how I'm actually feeling. And, okay, how do I feel now? You know, well, so really. Really. I sit in my bed in the morning and I check where mm. am I? So going easy on yourself. Going easy on yeah, yourself. Yeah, yeah. I never done that. I used to remember people say, be kind to yourself, be kind. I was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> yeah, what does that mean? Yeah. I never yeah. know what it means. It's just like, you know what, I'm going to work with Tommy Brown, I'm going to ring my daughter, I'm mm. going to do this. That's enough. Mm. That is enough. Yeah. Not like 25 things, you must do this, yeah. you must do that. You know that voice in the back of your head telling you. Definitely. To sure you should. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Mm. yeah. Absolutely fantastic. What mm. a belter of that. <laughs> you say the eyes are the window to your soul yeah there's something amazing about your eyes there's something mm. amazing about your spirit mm. and I absolutely mm. love it I'm not just blowing smoke from mm. your hole I really believe you mm. when you say that you're in touch with all that you do and mm. uh, you embody that where can people find you what do you do for me what's the service mm. give us a little give us a little tell them what, um, you, what you can give them yeah so I guess Facebook it's Dennis Ryan Psychotherapy um, I have a website dennisryantherapy.ie um, and then I have private practice out by Baggett Street. Um, so yeah, so I offer 
private psychotherapy sessions. So I'm really, I, I really, really believe that that therapy needs to be accessible for everyone. So I offer like low cost sessions as well as, as regular fees. So I try to kind of keep a balance with that. So, and that's an ethos I'm really trying to develop with my practice. Yeah. Like if people want therapy, they, they should have therapy. So, um, so there's that private practice and then courses as well. So I'm running kind of these ones now in November and then next year as well, I'll be running more. Um, so I guess it's, it's that it'll be a little bit of shamanic work, a little bit of psychotherapy work and, um, seeing where that work takes me. Shamanic. Shamanic. Let's go with shamanic. Shazam. definitely matt definitely and there's so many supports out there like there really really are so so explore them you know reach reach out like yeah don't suffer in silence i always say it like so thanks matt pleasure pleasure thanks for having me cheers